You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to do on this Thursday edition, an hour, 60 minutes to run through it all before Golik and Wingo come your way at 6 o'clock. So uh, let's roll. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We will get to that in a little bit. We got 30 days until the uh, Yankees season opener, 17 until Selection Sunday in college basketball, 56 until the uh, first round of the NFL draft, and a huge number of 82 until the NBA draft lottery. But before we go into today, I did want to kind of revisit yesterday. Sometimes things occur to me or things are said or things are brought up after the show is over. So then I got to wait another 23 hours before we're back on the air. So yesterday we spent a good deal of time focusing on uh, the Giants and uh, Joe Judge's comments at the NFL scouting combine. I see that you've gotten rid of the Dave Gettleman sound from yesterday, Brian. You probably should have left that on the sound page because I just sometimes like going to it. Just I'll because put it, it back. May, yeah, it, it, it just it, it makes me laugh because it's very funny. But we focused on Joe Judge's comments at the NFL scouting combine. Uh, uh, really, not really his comments, what he wouldn't say, right? That he wouldn't name uh, Daniel Jones as the uh, starter, which as a, was a continuation of what he did when he got the job, which at that point was kind of understandable. Guy's just the first minute in the door. Well, I don't want to judge anything or prejudge anything. Let me find out. My name is Judge, but that's not what I do. I don't. My name is not prejudge. So I want to wait until I get really to look at video, talk to people within the building, all these Understandable. Six or seven weeks later, it just comes off as dumb. It's dumb. Nobody is saying he has to run down the status of every player on the roster, but to refuse to state the obvious... It just seemed, it's not cautious, it's not savvy, it just sounds stupid. And it's not like you have a whole lot of players that you have to run down, like really outside of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, I don't know necessarily you have to say anything about any of the other ones. You know, if, if, you, if you say it about Jones, you say it about Barkley, and people keep asking, well, you know what, our entire team, we're, we're leaving everything open. There's ways to be able to say it without actually saying it. But that's not to say it's a big deal. I'm not saying it is. But there is exactly zero positive to it. And for all the t- the attempts to come up with something positive about it, it's just silly. It's obvious to anyone that Daniel Jones is the starter. Same thing with Saquon. Now, there was a report yesterday from Michael Girardi of the uh, NFL Network. And I have to be honest, up until I saw this report yesterday, I don't believe that I've ever heard of the name Michael Girardi before. But he's blue-checked. He's 56,000 followers, NFL Network. And he is at the Scouting Combine. And he had a tweet yesterday that I found kind of puzzling that said uh, the people he has talked to, team officials, people within the game, the initial reaction – this is his tweet, quote – the initial reaction has been – There's no way Tom Brady is leaving New England. But as you dig deeper, executives, coaches, scouts, they see the Titans, Raiders, and Giants as possible suitors. Oh, the Giants. Well, well, look, if you are of the belief, and and somebody tweeted me this yesterday about there's no reason to state that because if it turns out to be wrong for any reason whatsoever – 
Oh, you guys in the media. And I always find it adorable you consider me part of the media. Thank you. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an honor. But that anybody in the media is going to go back to his original comments. Oh, see, he was lying. Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Nobody is going to go back to these comments and hang him out to dry, even in the most incredibly unlikely Basically, 0.00000.1 chance. Did I put two points in there? There's no two points. You know what I'm saying. There's the one point. That that would happen. Because You know why? Because everyone would be focused on what a joke of an organization the Giants would be for signing a 43-year-old Tom Brady on a team that has holes everywhere else and it has won 12 games over three years combined. So no, sorry. I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt there either. Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback. It's not a big deal about coming out and announcing it, which makes it all the more puzzling why Joe Judge would just simply refuse to do what the most obvious thing is. And if you are of the belief, well, no, no, no. There's no need to, to, to put your, 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 your foot down about anything, leave it all open-ended, well then, don't confirm anything. Don't refer to the team as the Giants. You never know. They might change the name, right? I, I mean, it's been the name for, what, a 100 years or so, but you never know. They might change it. So I'm not going to refer to the Giants as the Giants. You know what? Don't call me Joe. I might change my name. Sure, my name has been Joe Judge my entire life, but you never know. I might have to go on the run. I might have to go on the lamb. I might have to change my identity at some point. You never, tomorrow is promised to no one. We don't know how world, the world's going to work out. So don't confirm anything, your name, the team name, your hair color, nothing. Don't confirm anything. All right. So that's yesterday. So yesterday, also, I saw on Instagram the Michael K show. The, the uh, Don LaGreca rant counter, I believe, is up to 91. Is that Can we confirm that, 91? And I don't believe he had any rants yesterday. I did not hear any. So it would assume, right, we've turned to 92. So it'll be up to 92 later today, which made me check on my own internal counter of days without a Yankee injury. So Severino, I think, was announced on Tuesday. Let's say that that's when the news came down. So yesterday was Wednesday. So at least we had a full day of no Yankee players getting hurt. This out just moments ago, right calf strain for Stanton probably won't be ready for regular season. Wow. All right, so reset the counter back to zero. We got up to one. It was a full day, I guess, right? And maybe you could say it was even higher than that because Severino was already hurt, right? He was undergoing the testing, and that went back to Friday, so maybe it was three or four. Regardless, it's back down to zero. Giancarlo Stanton... Last year it was a left calf strain. This year it's a right calf strain. So he's got all the calf strains covered. And it's funny. The initial reaction when the Severino news came down, I feel like the general reaction was one of sadness. That's what I said. I felt like it was a, it's a sad piece of news, right? Here's this guy didn't get to pitch all of last year is trying to come back. And even really before anything happens, you get into spring training, he's already experiencing pain, and now he's going to be out for all of 2020. And you would expect, right, it's usually 14 months. 
you're really talking about well into 2021 before you're really going to see Luis Severino. And the fact that this is now two things in a row. First, it was the latch strain. It was the uh, the shoulder. Now it's the, the Tommy John. I mean, who knows whether or not Luis Severino will ever get back to that. You know, you're going to miss two and a half years now. And, and really, he wasn't good in the last half of 2018. So really, it's been like two and a half years. And by the time he gets back, it's probably going to be, who knows what he will be like. So the reaction to Luis Severino was generally one of sadness. Poor guy. The Stanton news comes down yesterday, and the general reaction was, oh, this guy, I hate this guy. It was one of anger, right? Like, how dare he hurt his calf? This Giancarlo Stanton guy, he hurt his calf last year. How dare he do it again this year? So since the start of last season, it's been a, a real roller coaster with Stanton. He had the bicep, right? That was the first thing. Then he had the calf. Then at some point, I think either, did he have a quad injury? Was that the end of last year? Was that the thing that happened in the playoffs? He had the shoulder last year. So now he has the other quad. And it is kind of crazy. It feels right. Anytime you get news, it's crazy this keeps happening. But I guess at this point, we kind of have to move off. It's crazy this keeps happening and just deal with this is now the the reality of the Yankees. The Yankees have several players who are injury prone. For what I mean, the, the Tommy John thing, it doesn't feel like you should have been able to foresee that with a guy outside of just being a pitcher. But you'd have to say at this point, Luis Severino is an injury prone guy. After missing basically 50 games the last couple of years, while it's not a chronic thing with Aaron Judge, you'd have to say at this point he's more of an injury-prone guy. And certainly with Giancarlo Stanton, I think you'd have to say he's an injury-prone guy. So the reaction has generally been one of anger. And I heard Michael Kay yesterday talking about the uh, Stanton injury, and I think that this is one that I, I think a lot of people felt right off the bat. Here's Michael. You're not going to have Stanton open the season. Aaron Judge hasn't played yet. Severino for the whole year, and you've lost Paxton. And Domingo Herman's gone for the first 63 games of the season to complete right. the suspension. That's a lot of firepower to lose. I'm not saying they're in trouble. I still think they're the best team in the American League East. But when they signed Garrett Cole to me, that put them way over the top, put them on a shelf above everybody else. Now you're knocking shelves down, and they're getting closer to the competition. All right, so there's Michael yesterday from the aptly named Michael K. Show. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is focused on Stanton and the injury. Latest player. It certainly seems like he is not going to be ready for opening day. I don't know that that's necessarily confirmed. Grade 1 strain, if you're wondering, that's the lowest level. I always get that confused. Like, it's grade 1? Feels like number 1 should be like, no, that's it's number 1. But no, that's the least of the, 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 the strains. So if you had two or three, that would be far more significant. But calf strains, as evidence of last year and just other players, those are, that's the type of injury that generally has a tendency to linger. It's not like a broken bone, which was more significant, but has a more definite time frame. Calf strains, it seems like this, it's more of a floating clock rather than a hard set timeline that, oh, he'll be back on this day. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, your reaction to the news. A, devastated because it's a huge blow. You're losing a former National League MVP in Giancarlo Stanton to lose to, to start the year. And at least right now, right, you know Severino's not going to be there. You know Paxson's not going to be there. And at least right now, you'd have to wonder of whether or not Aaron Judge is going to be there. 
That's certainly up in the air right now. So huge loss. Can't afford it. B, you're disappointed because it's a definite setback. You're not devastated. It's not a huge loss, but it is it is a loss. C, anger. Anger at Stanton or anger that this keeps happening, that the Yankees continually have all these guys getting hurt where after training, changing the training staff, after going through what seemed like a bit of a fluky year in terms of the number of injuries, the amount of guys going to the DL, anger is the third option. And then fourth, unaffected. No big deal. You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. You know what? Let's take a, I never take calls early enough, and then we get behind, and then it, never have time at the end. So let's go to Steve in Marlboro. He's first up on ESPN New York. Steve, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. I just wanted to catch up. I was one of those guys I had to hang up for work yesterday. But anyway, gotcha. the point I wanted to make was uh, I want to talk about the Giants. I think a lot of the, the press, is, uh, guys on the radio are overreacting. I mean, Speaking about how obvious it is that the, that the giant management and coaching staff should come out and say that Jones and Barkley are the starters, it's so obvious. Why should they have to come out and say it? Because they, Steve, they, they, they have other they have other things to address. I mean, there are much bigger things to have to say. Oh, let, let me go to the podium and say the two most obvious things. Because, because it's because not like he's it, it, because it's it's the most basic thing. And if you're trying to prove that you're you know, working from a point of honesty to avoid stating the most... Like, if he didn't think... If Joe Judge didn't think that Daniel Jones was the franchise quarterback or the starting quarterback, he wouldn't have gotten the job. So to 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 be... I'm not saying lying, but to be... I mean, you'd have to say dishonest to say that you're not going to name him the starting quarterback at this point. It makes me feel like, you know what? I can't trust anything this guy says because here's the most basic, obvious thing, and he can't even be honest on that point. I don't think it's a big deal, but it does seem like, why would you Why would you go to these lengths to do something as silly as this? And the, the, one, the one thing you could think of is, and again, I mean, I understand your viewpoint, too. That does make some sense. The one thing you can think of is maybe, maybe he's trying to establish an all-for-one, one-for-all kind of thing. And I agree with what you said yesterday about, you know, you can treat everybody uh, fairly without treating them exactly the same. I get that. I get that, too, 100 percent. Yeah, so I maybe mean. That, maybe that's his motivation. Look, Steve, I've never been on a football, a professional football team. I just know if I went into a, a job, right, and – it's it's one thing for it to be about the players, the media. That's not that. It's really not that important. What really matters is the players on the team. And I would think if you are are giving any weight to it and you're a player on the team, I don't get the sense if I were a player on the team that it would strike me as, oh, my goodness, all right, I got this clean slate. Everybody's got an equal chance of of being a starter or being a contributor. He's looking at everybody equally. I would think – that it would kind of hurt your credibility in the locker room because we all know, at least, let's go with the two most obvious ones, Jones and Barkley. It would kind of hurt your credibility to make him make me believe in anything he says because I don't believe him when he says that everybody's everybody on the depth chart is equal and I'm not going to name... It just seems silly. It just seems like a complete waste of time. Now, I'm not saying it's a huge waste of time. Maybe I'm wasting time talking about it for a second day in a row. I don't think it's that big a deal. But the fact that he is he's sticking to these guns, it's, it's just so silly. 
And it just seems like something that uh, is easily avoidable and gives you no benefit. I don't see what the benefit is of Joe Judge coming out and being this um, belligerent in, in not naming the, the obvious starting quarterback of the team. It seems like a t- whatever time and effort he is using on it, it's a waste of time and effort. So we're we'll talking about uh, a little bit Giants, but mostly Yankees, with the news of Giancarlo Stanton's injury yesterday. It looks like unlikely that he will be ready for opening day, and that is the focus of our poll question for this morning up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. What's your reaction to the news yesterday? We gave you the four options, and it seems like the general reaction came down to one of mostly anger, and not I don't know if it's necessarily anger at the players getting hurt, as much as it is anger at Stanton for getting hurt. Stanton has never been a beloved Yankee outside of the moment that he got traded here. When you found out, hey, the Yankees came within one game of going to the World Series, and now they're adding the National League MVP, and adding him, you'd have to say, for basically nothing, right? They gave up nothing to get him. That was the one of the, the reasons why you had to make that deal. You'd be crazy not to make that deal. If I had a vote on the poll question this morning, it would not be one of devastation that it's a huge loss, although we still don't know whether or not Aaron Judge is going to be ready for the start of the season. And we don't know who else is getting hurt, right? Like it's not exactly been the, the Yankee injury counter days has not exactly been rolling along, ticking numbers up and up and up. We get to like two or three, and then we get right back to zero. It's not uh, not exactly Cal Ripken Jr.-esque, let's put it that way. So it's not devastation. I would not say that it's a huge loss. I would not say it's a definite setback. I would not say I was angry at it. If I had a vote, I I was unaffected by it. i got to be honest. The Yankees do not need Giancarlo Stanton. They won without him before he was here in 2017. They won without him last year. Now, having him is better than not having him, but I don't view it as some big loss. And of the guys who are hurt right now, all of them I would rather have than Giancarlo Stanton. If you could somehow magically make Luis Severino healthy again, I would rather have him this season than Giancarlo Stanton. Judge, obviously, I would rather have than Giancarlo Stanton. Even James Paxton. If you told me I can make James Paxton healthy for the season, which he never is, I mean, he's just never healthy for an entire year. If I had to put anybody on that list fourth, it would be Stanton. Yankees have plenty of offense, and they have plenty of people to fill in for Stanton. Now, they're not going to fill in to the level of Stanton. That would be a a, a bit much to, to say that. But last year, the first person I would think that would be most impacted by this would be this obviously opens up a spot in the everyday lineup for Miguel Andujar. One of the problems with Miguel Andujar and him coming back and being healthy now was really was going to be tough to find a place if everybody's healthy and if Gio Urshela performs anywhere close to what he performed last year offensively, it was going to be tough. It was going to be a real juggling act to get Andujar, still a young, progressing player, into the lineup on a on a regular basis. If Voigt's healthy at first, you got to have Mike Ford in the lineup here once in a while as well. Urshela is going to be the primary third baseman, but okay, maybe a day or two a week you could get Andujar there. Now, 
if Stanton is going to miss, whatever time he's going to miss, I would think that Andujar would be the primary option in left field if he can field the position. We still don't really know that, but the fact it's left field and the fact that they're giving it a shot, I would think, at his bat, if it's anything like what we've seen of him in the past, as a 23-year-old, he put up 47 doubles and an OPS of 850. So that certainly opens up a spot for him. I would think it would it's a better chance, right, that he would open up a spot on the roster for Clint Frazier, who just so happened at the age of 24 to put up an OPS of 800. And keep in mind, when the Yankees, it wasn't a long stretch. I'm not going to tell you it was half the season. But there was a good three or four week stretch there where Clint Frazier was one of the guys carrying the offense. And it's not like Clint Frazier is some guy that you don't really know if his bat will play on this level. You know, there's some guys, Mike Ford, Mike Taukman, as great as they were last year, there's a little bit more uncertainty there. Frazier's only real question outside of, you know, off the field or how he approaches the media sometimes was the the issue with his defense last year that kind of popped up out of nowhere where it seemed like he kind of developed the yips in the outfield. And that's troublesome because the yips – it's not something where you can say, okay, do this, do this, do this, and you'll be over it. I mean, usually it's like throwing issues, and the Yankees have seen that with uh, Steve Sachs at first or um, Clint, uh, Chuck Knobloch at one time, Mackie Sasser with the Mets. Remember, he had that little thing, the throwing motion. So you don't usually see somebody develop the yips in terms of defense, but that's what happened with Clint Frazier last year. So I have never been a huge Giancarlo Stanton fan. He's on my team, so I'm going to root for him. I didn't like the trade before they made it. I got ridiculed at the station from people here, from listeners. I said a hard pass. I didn't think that you – now, you gave up nothing to get him, but, it, it, you know, it's the old line about if something seems too good to be true. That dude signed through 2027. He was a repeat of what you already had. It was a duplication of skills from Aaron Judge. You did not need to go out and get this guy. And while I was not a huge fan of his beforehand, I think what you have seen getting to watch him, and not it's been a huge sample size, but I think he gets exposed as a guy that you can pitch to. Good pitchers can pitch to that guy and get him out. Now, there's not enough good pitchers during the regular season, right? So if he gets a mistake, he's going to absolutely crush it. And I'm not saying that every good pitcher is able to get him out. But more times than not, you've seen him in the playoffs. It has been a disaster for him. So I would rather him be healthy. I'd rather have a big bat, especially with the uncertainty right now around Judge. But am I upset or or devis- am I as upset as the news about Judge or Severino or Paxton? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get more phone calls involved. Mike is in Staten Island. Mike, go, my man. Hey, what's up, Gordon? How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? Kind of expected it, you know. Have you ever seen the movie Unbreakable? Uh, oh, yeah, Samuel Mr. Jackson? Glass, yes. Uh, that's Stanton, Mr. Glass. He is the uh, he is the the I don't know how to put it uh, the unhealthiest physical <laughs> specimen I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it boggles my mind. I, like I said, it, what's done is done. But you know, I never really wanted them to get Stanton. Yes, I'd like to have him on the field if we can. And uh, Bryce Harper really hasn't lived up to his potential. But I think that that was a guy they should have signed. I know I say that 
The other thing I wanted to call you about, I called the other day, but I couldn't get through, is these extensions that the Yankees happen to give out to these young players before they hit free agency to Hicks and Severino, although in theory they sounded like a great idea, both of them have came to uh, bite them in the you-know-what. And uh, yeah. it looks like maybe they shouldn't be doing that anymore. Why pay a guy now when you could pay him later? I wish they would really go back to incentive-based salaries like they did years ago. Like, if you can't be on the field and you can't put up the numbers, why are you getting paid? Me and you don't get paid if we're terrible at our job. First of all, you have to show up. And these guys are getting paid millions for not even showing up. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the, both of those extensions, though, if you're going to make an extension with a young player like that, you have to give something to get something, and the Yankees, neither of those extensions are are, are crushers, right? Like Severino is $10 million a year, right? It's $40 million for four years. And I think I think Hicks is also – is it? I must be making a mistake there. Is that also $10 million a year for like seven years? I, I might be mistaken that, but – and neither guy has played. Absolutely, you're right. But neither of those deals really are preventing the Yankees from making any other deals. So it's not like it's crushing that those two guys have not been able to stay healthy. But I wonder if you will still feel that way about not signing the guys to extensions before their contracts are up. If it turns out they don't sign DJ LeMahieu and he goes out and has anywhere close to the season they had last year, right? Like that's already people are saying this is his final year under contract. Maybe that's a guy that it is seven years for seventy million. So it's, but both guys are getting paid ten million dollars a year. Um, and look, it's it, it, there's no other way around it. Both deals have been a disaster. I mean, Severino has not basically pitched at all, and Hicks, who is always a guy who's dinged up, now is going to miss a good stretch of uh, the season. So. That's tough. Uh, in terms of Stanton, no, I mean, he was never really a guy that uh, I loved. And I get that that um, Bryce Harper did not at least come up to the expectations last year, but he did play 157 games. Give him that. Give him that. And it would not have been as much. And, you know, Harper's a guy that I feel like has gotten caught up a little bit in the trend of baseball, of swinging for the fences, he would benefit, I think, a little bit from maybe going back to a more the, the approach that he had a few years ago of trying to, to hit the ball to all fields. Now, baseball is – and you know what? That's the crazy thing. We're in the time of predictions, right, for the upcoming season. MLB Network's doing their 30 teams in 30 days. I'm getting my baseball prospectus from Amazon today. The problem with all these predictions is we have absolutely no idea what the baseball is going to be like. Like last year, all the, think about all the predictions that were completely wrong based on the fact that the baseball was a different baseball last year and home runs were flying out of the park left and right. And we have no idea, is that going to be the same case? Is that the new normal? Is it going to get back to more of a, a, a level Baseball, where it's not uh, as crazy as it was last year, or does baseball overcorrect and go to a baseball where the home runs take a huge drop? I, there's no way of knowing right now, and that kind of makes any prediction a little tough to take. It's tough to have any real confidence in it at all. Mavericks trying to win for just the second time in 17 in 18 games in San Antonio. Doncic left, played by Gay. 10 to shoot, backs up for three, kill shot for Luka Doncic with a minute 51 remaining. 108 to 96. All right, the 13th triple-double this season for Luka Doncic as the uh, Mavs win. 21st of his career. It's just crazy that 
that was the third pick a year ago, right? Not, not this past one, which obviously was the Knicks and R.J. Barrett, but the year before, if the Knicks could have all – could you imagine how you'd feel as a Knicks fan if they had Luka Doncic right now? And this is not to, to say anything about R.J. Barrett, but you'd have to say, right, what, what we got, 25 games left in the Knicks season? It's not exactly been an overwhelming season for – it's a rookie year. You don't want to get carried away. You're making you me depressed, the ankle court. injury. Well, I think – I'm not the one making you depressed. I think the Knicks are the ones making you depressed, right? I mean, I'm just stating the basic facts. I mean the team is, is – this was supposed to be a year where it was a step forward. It's not been really – I mean it, this year, more so than anything, has been a complete waste of time. They have wasted an entire – there's not been any development whatsoever. There's not been any progress whatsoever. It feels like almost like a time capsule. It feels like even despite all the, 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 the weapons that you had at what, at your disposal last year or should have had at your disposal last year, it feels like just more of the same. And we're going to get it. It looks like I think the post Berman, uh, Mark Berman said that Leon Rose could be officially introduced as soon as Sunday. Sooner or later, he's going to be introduced and, and then we'll get some real insight maybe into what the Knicks' approach is going to be. Maybe he's going to follow the Joe Judge model and just not really name anybody on the team, not name any possibilities for coach, not name any possibilities for the approach of the team. Just leave everything open-ended. You don't want to get caught in a in a mistruth. So last night the Knicks uh, played the Hornets. They did lose, so they dropped to 17-41 and 41 on the year. But they did do something for the first time in a long time that I actually agree with. And at this point, right, like what are you getting out of this season? Well, you could certainly tank again because we know that uh, anything you can do to improve your your lottery stock in any way, even if it's only a couple of percentage points. There you go. There's the tank. Uh, anything you can do to improve your lot at the t- in terms of the, the lottery would be good. But I think at this point, the real key for the Knicks should be, and it should have been this the whole entire season, but it should be to develop players in any way you can. And one of the ways that you develop those players in any way you can is to play them. <laughs> that That's an important part of development, actually playing the players. So for the first time, and it feels like forever, Alonzo Trier actually played in a Nick game last night. 16 minutes off the bench. Played really well, helped spur a comeback. They got to within two and were not able to get over the hump. He had 15 points in uh, 16 minutes, six of eight from the floor, a couple of threes. And he did have some fouls, so that was an issue, but at least got to play. And that should be the focus here. I'm not saying that all the young guys have to start, but they should be all playing significant minutes. What have they done to deserve that? Well, maybe nothing. But what else are you doing? What else do you have to do? Winning meaningless games behind Julius Randle or Taj Gibson or um, Wayne Ellington. What, what benefit is that? It's zero benefit. So obviously play Alonzo Trier. Give him, I mean, could you imagine what his confidence level must be at? I can't play for this team? For this team, I can't play. 
So I'm not saying that you're going to get any real insights into what Dennis Smith Jr. is if he gets real significant. I mean, he's had a terrible season. Uh, Kevin Knox's season has been a disaster, obviously. R.J. Barrett's season has been disappointing. Last night was a, a rough one for him. But at this point, what else do you have to do? So that's the thing I like. You, you played Alonzo Trier. This comes on the same night that Damian Dotson doesn't play. Like, what's the point? I get that Damian Dotson is a little, I think, a little bit older than, than, than Trier, but he's still kind of an unknown player and seems like he might actually be a useful player. So that's the guy who should be playing much more so than, you know, Alfred Payton or, or Reggie Bullock. Get the young guys in there and let's see what they got because picking up a win here or a win there, it's over. It's decided, guys. The season's a disaster. And really, at this point, wins are, are kind of counterproductive. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back out to the phones. Go out to uh, Jimmy is in Staten Island. Jimmy, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on? Good morning, Gordon. Hey, man. Um, I just... I just had a quick question uh, sure. in regards to the Yankee topic. Um, you mentioned, uh, and I, I feel the same way how you feel about um, Stanton, but I, I think that this is going to be a big year for um, for uh, Clint Frazier. And when I say that, I think that uh, you know, like you said, he 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 can swing the bat very well. But also, I mean, if he's not if he's not playing that defense, I think he could be a great trade asset. Also, you know, he could fill they could fill that role up and put um, you know, and do hard in, in the outfield, and then they could fill his role, and uh, they could try to get another pitcher. You know, so I mean, I think that this is also a make and break year for um, for Clint Frazier. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, it's an important year, and really, it's not it's not about whether or not he can produce on the major league level. I think I think he's pretty much proven that in the stretch, even though it wasn't a, uh, you know it wasn't the entire season last year. But it's not a surprise to me that Clint Frazier can produce with the bat. The only question is, is he over the issues in the outfield that he had last year, where it seemed like. At times, he had never played the outfield before. And this was a guy, not that he projected to play center in the majors, because I just don't think he has the, the speed to be able to do that, but he did play center in, in the minors at times. And this is not some guy who, you know, was a 13th round. I think he was like the fifth or sixth pick of the draft overall. So this guy is always projected to be a big-time major league player, and it's not hard to see why, right? You don't have to be... Bill James to look at Clint Frazier's swing and realize, wow, that guy can, that guy, that is a quick swing. So yeah, it's a big year for him. He's always really personality wise. I think most people have kind of felt like you don't know whether or not he's a, a guy that will ever really be part of the Yankees. Maybe he will be trade bait. And if the Yankees do need a starter, they will have plenty of uh, the questions of being able to add a starter will be much more of is there a guy available who is an upgrade to me, then do the Yankees have what's necessary to be able to deal for that guy? So if there is some guy that all of a sudden becomes available who's a huge upgrade and the Yankees know that they need an upgrade because Paxton hasn't come back and pitched like he did at the end of last year and you're without Severino, or who knows, you have another injury to the rotation. The Yankees will have plenty of options and plenty of uh, prospects to be able to move in a deal. And Clint Frazier, if he does get any run in the majors this year, you know, maybe maybe the Yankees view it as, you know what, let's put him back down to the minors, let him continue to play every single day, and that's more of a benefit to playing in the majors once or twice a week. But I think it's been pretty much proven that at the major league level, 
Clint Frazier does project to be exactly what you thought he was going to be, and that is a guy with a very live bat who can put up numbers. I can confirm, 549, no Yankees have been uh, diagnosed with corona. But the day's still early, so you don't know how this day is going to go. Let's see if we can get the uh, Yankee days without injury counter up to a full one. Let's walk before we can run. Because if you run before you walk, you strain a calf muscle and you're out for opening day. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question about Giancarlo Stanton. And it is, uh, what was your reaction to the news? Nobody really has been devastated so far. Nobody feels like it's a huge loss, and I think that that's correct. It's not a huge loss. It's a loss, but that would not be my first reaction. That's the second option. It's a definite setback, disappointed. Uh, the third option is anger, either at Stanton for getting hurt. That's a weird – it's not like he wanted to get hurt. Darn you, Giancarlo, how dare you get hurt again? Or anger at the Yankees for him getting hurt. That's been the overwhelming favorite so far. I would say unaffected, uh, simply because the Yankees don't need Giancarlo Stanton's batting lineup to win. Now, they can't continue to suffer these injuries. And maybe the poll question tomorrow is, who do you expect next? Is it is it is it Sanchez going down with the groin? Is it something popping up with Luke Voigt? Is it Tanaka and the elbow? Long list of characters that it possibly could be. But look, Giancarlo Stanton, to me, if I had a vote, I would say no big deal. Didn't need him before you had him. You went to within a game of the World Series. Didn't need him last year, won 103 games or whatever it was, basically didn't play. You have plenty of options to fill his spot, not that they will be as good, but they are certainly, I mean, if Miguel Andujar is your everyday left fielder, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a drop in production, I guess, but not nearly as much as it should be for a guy who was a former NL MVP and uh, whose bat is going to be uh, missing here for at least a little while. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Go to Chris in North Carolina. Chris, what's going on, my man? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Listen, my whole concept with Stanton was I just didn't understand the trade, the whole premise of it, because I thought we were getting rid of, like, the Teixeira contract, the A-Rod contract. Like, I thought we were shedding money. Like, we got to stay under the threshold, right? The luxury tax. Like, so when we actually traded for him, I was like, that doesn't, you, the, the whole business practice doesn't make any sense. Cause you're telling me for two years that, oh, we got to stay under the luxury tax and this. And all of a sudden, oh, 350 million for this guy. Are we trying to get, weren't we trying to get away from that? That did seem like the approach. Now, part of it was to get under the luxury tax to reset the luxury tax. And even adding him, they were able to still get under it. But, yeah, the the idea that you wanted to have a little bit more flexibility and not be invested so much in one guy financially, it did seem like the approach not just to get under the luxury tax, but to have that flexibility on your roster so that you can make moves. I agree with you. All right. It's like, but didn't they learn from their, like, previous mistakes? It's kind of like, hey, all right, Albert Albert Pujols, whatever, he's got whatever, whatever his contract was. It's kind of like. They're looking at the situation, and they're like, well, we're trying to stay away from that, but, oh, okay, let's take him for 12 years, $300 million. Like, it was like it was like an oxymoron to me. Like, I hated the move from day one, not because of the player. I hated it as a Yankee fan because I didn't like – I feel like they're, they're being hypocrites. Like, listen, go young, fine. Like, what are you doing? You make no sense. You want to get under luxury tax, so you don't want to spend money for luxury tax. It's either all in or all out. 
You can't say, all right, we'll stay under the tax for two years, and then, oh, by the way, oh, we got this guy. No, but, but you see, Chris, the, the thing about the luxury tax is they wanted to reset it so that they wouldn't be it, – it, it, it escalates, right? So, like, each so year you're over yeah, it. So they wanted to get back so they weren't paying, you know, uh, you know, half 50 cents on no. every dollar to some other team. No, I understand. So I guess uh, they had to get under it to a certain, like, I guess, so many years, and then it resets. I, I get that point. You're, uh, I, I totally agree with you. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Now, look, I mean, the, the, the problems with uh, the, the contracts that uh, the Yankees have signed, the Hicks deal, he was a guy that was always hurt even before the deal. At the time, I thought it made sense because it's not backbreaking, right? $10 million a year for an outfielder is probably, you know, for, for, for what Hicks is able to do when he's able to play is actually a bargain. Now, I don't know that uh, he's going to ever be a guy that ever does get back and is able to play 150 games. You would think at this stage of his career, he's not able to do that. So I don't expect him to be able to do that moving forward. But though, that contract there and the Severino one also, you know, $10 million a year, that to me is not backbreaking. The Giancarlo Stanton deal, that one never – I didn't like it for the player. I didn't like it for the contract. I didn't like it the, – the the fact that you already had a guy like that who is, to me, better in Aaron Judge. So it did not make a lot of sense at the time. I said it at the time. I said it before the deal was made. When it was first floated, I said hard pass. And people told me I was – how would you not want that? And then when you saw what you were giving up, people said – how would you not want that? Let's go to uh, Spike is in Jersey. Spike, go, my man. I just want to uh, tell you, with uh, Stanton, you did say prior to the acquisition, or during the talks of the acquisition, he was another Aaron Judge. I differ with you a little bit. He's certainly not uh, the fielder Aaron Judge. No, he's not the complete player. Just and, in terms of strikeouts and offensive mm, approach, that was what I was getting at. Right, plus, plus the pay scale is, is, is like, uh, you know, uh, the, what you make and what uh, Warren Buffett makes. Right. I mean, really, is ridiculous. But I don't. I don't care. I don't care about him. I don't care about Hicks. He played half a season anyway. I don't care about Severino. He never played. So yeah, what's he, Severino I mean, won. Pitcher in baseball. Yeah, but you know, the, 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 when you're when you're the homegrown guy, you, in my eyes, and I think in other people's eyes too, you have a little bit more of a connection to. You know, Stanton came here, the big contract, coming off a big year, but then underperformed from where he was at. And the strikeouts were up. The home run total was down. So all those things kind of to feed into it as well. Uh, quickly, Tony in the Bronx. Tony, go, man, quick. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just don't understand why the fans get so bent out of shape about the money aspect of it. I get it. The Yankees are trying to portray this, you know, under the under the cap, you know, mentality. But at the end of the day, they're going to spend the money if they need to do this the same way that they did this year with Cole. And so to me, the, as a fan, what makes me more upset is just, I'm just, I feel bad for Stan because I want to see the guy play. I want to see. The I hear guy you, play. Tony, I got to run. Uh, look, the, the reason why I think fans care about the money is not necessarily about the money as it is. It impacts other moves. And, and now with Giancarlo Stanton, it's going to be wasted money while he's not playing. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We're back tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.